you guys uh, kind of already got a glimpse of, and Dan so uh, adequately explained how all of that works, brings back a, a flood of memories. I don't know if for you that you got any flashbacks with those songs or not, but for me, when, when I think of mixtape, I think of all the mixtapes that I made. Um, sometimes, you, you know, you'd make them for other people. I brought some of them because I dug them out of my keepsake box. Why do I still have them? I don't, I don't have anything to play them on. But it was really great to look through and see all the different songs that, that I had on here. Uh, Macarena, anybody? I have a question mark by, who, who is it by? I don't remember, but Macarena's on here. Um, let's see, we've got I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. Yeah. Uh, we've got Hero by Mariah Carey. Hold on, Wilson Phillips. Hold on for one more day. I, I, if I, I'm not a karaoke but I, I, when I was looking back through these and I was remembering that song, I'm like, if I, did, if I had enough confidence to karaoke, that would, be, that would be my jam. So anyways, a lot of memories come back with, with, with mixtapes. And, and I think songs just have a way of taking us back to this, you know, you remember where you were when you heard it or what you were going through in life. And for me, when I was looking back at these, you know, one of the things, I remember being in my room and like the radio song would come on and I wanted to record it. So you run over and you push the the play and the record together. You have to push them together to record the song off the radio. And, you know, in high school and junior high, you're going through tough times. So, you know, songs have certain meanings. And, you know, you, you, End of the Road was on here by Boyz II Men. You, that breakup is just really hard. And it takes you back. And there's something inside of us that resonates with songs. And so this, this series is all about this idea of mixed tape, of all these different things, the ups and downs in life. And, and in Psalms, the Psalms that we're going to look at, there's going to be Psalms that the writer is, is giving um, praise to God for. There are psalms of despair and desperation. There are psalms of, of just prayers, thoughts to God, questions for God, um, requests of God. There's psalms of confession. And so that idea of mixtape is, is why we're kind of landing in psalm for the next six weeks of just digging in and figuring out what is it, what is it when we are going through life's ups and downs, where is God in that? And how, how do we navigate those life's ups and downs with who God is, and he is there. And that's kind of our underlying theme for this series is that in those mountains and valleys that we experience in life, that God is in the midst of that with us, that he is there, he can be relied upon. And so one of the things that I, we're starting today in Psalm 1, as, as Bruce already read, and that, that psalm, if you have your Bible, go there. We're going to camp out there for a while this, this morning. I love that we are starting with Psalm 1 because for me, when I read this psalm, it's kind of this preface or introduction to the writings in the psalms. Um, like I said, there's kind of this mixtape of all these different, different psalms that the writer writes. But in Psalm 1, it really sets the tone because in this passage, the writer gives a very clear picture of what it looks like for someone who walks with the Lord. Okay? So, it, 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 and I love clear pictures because for me it's like okay what is it that what is it that I'm trying to go after and and here the writer um, states very clearly and even gives this kind of good contrast to what it looks like when someone is choosing to walk with the Lord and at the same time in in this passage we we see that it look you know he gives a clear picture of what it looks like when someone doesn't trust in the Lord when someone is not concerned about the things of God. And so there's this contrast that the writer gives us in this picture of what, what that looks like. 
So we're going to start just in the first verse. Um, It says, how blessed is the man. And and let me read. I'll just go ahead and read it again. I know Bruce already read it, but let's just read it over again, and and we'll start in verse 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So today, as we dig into that first verse, before we do that, I just want to put a challenge to you to give careful consideration to this passage. The, 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 the tendency here, at least for me when I was reading this, is to look at some of these words that are kind of churchy words or, or Bible words, like, like the wicked or the scoffers, um, the righteous. Those are big words. But when we dig into what that means, it's easy sometimes when you see those words to go, oh, that's not me, or that's not my life, or that's somebody else. Um, it's really easy to be generic and, and look at those words that way. But if we, when we dig into some of these words, I think we, we need to give careful consideration and go, God, is that me? Is that me? Is there something about my, my life that is, is in this that I need to look at? And so let's, let's give careful consideration to that. In the first verse, it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. And that word, that word blessed, I think we use that a lot today, actually. Um, I don't know about you, but when I've asked people before, um, you know, how are you doing? A lot of times people say, oh, I'm blessed, I'm good. You know, it's kind of a way to say, yeah, things are good in my life right now. Um, good things are happening. You know, it's kind of a generic word to kind of respond what that, what's going on in that person's life. But here in the, in the text, what, when it says how blessed is the man, and then it goes on to describe, it's saying um, in the Hebrew it talks about how happy is the person whose straight is path, whose path is straight? Okay, so that word kind of has this this bigger meaning behind it, where it's not just blessed. It's not just like, hey, things are going good right now. It's happy is the person whose path is straight, and it's not just you know they're doing good things, life is going well, and the path is straight. It's it's connected to God. That word is connected to God. Okay, so when it says blessed is the one who immediately we have to start with God. And a lot of times when we're reading scripture, or when we're, we're trying to navigate things in life, we, we're human, and, and our sinful self starts from the perspective of our own, right? Our own life. And we kind of read from there. But the challenge is to go, let's start with God. Let's start with God. So if I'm going to make my path straight, I want it to be connected to God. And so it says, how blessed is the man. Happy is the one whose path is straight. And it says here, it describes for us um, the person who's walking with the Lord. And it tells us first that the, the place that you will not find the person who's walking with the Lord, right? It says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And the interesting thing, I, I'm just a nerd when it comes to scripture. And so I'm looking at these action words in the first verse. And it says, um, walk, stand, or sit, Right? And there's a little bit of a progression there, right? And there's a lot of things in our life that we have opportunity to just go with the flow with if we're not careful, right? And so th- this idea that um, walking in the counsel of the wicked, you know, getting swept up in the current of the things that are around us, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're just walking. But then it says, 
stand in the path of sinners. And all of a sudden, we're, we find ourselves in a place where we're standing, maybe in, in a situation that we kind of just ended up in, right? But then the last, that last phrase says, sit in the seat of scoffers. And so then all of a sudden, we find ourselves not just walking or not just standing anymore. We're sitting among others. And the words here that describe the wicked, this is, this is what I'm talking about. When we think of wicked, it's like, well, I'm not wicked, or I don't know people who are wicked. But that word in Scripture means people who have a disregard for the things of God. And I think when you think about that and you think about yourself, you may not call yourself wicked. You may not call other people wicked. But that describes a lot of people, doesn't it? Disregard for the things of God. And we can't, when we're going through life and we're navigating the ups and downs, we can't just go with the flow of life. We have to make a choice and choose to walk with the Lord and to say, I'm not going to get swept up in, in the current and I'm not going to end up standing with, with those who don't regard God. I'm not going to end up sitting down with those and, and hearing counsel from people who are not, who are not um, connected to who God is. And it's easy to do, right? All you got to do is turn on the TV, read Facebook, it's easy to, to just listen to Fox News and let them, and then just rehearse what they tell you. It's easy to look at Facebook and, and let other people, the, the opinion polls of other people, tell us what's important to us. But this, but this passage here says you have to be careful with who you're getting counsel from. You have to be careful not to be caught up in, in the, the movement of others that aren't going in the same direction as you. You have to choose to say, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to choose to be connected. And sometimes I think we find ourselves with the, the public opinion and the media and all those things that are around us that are bombarding us with opinions and thoughts and, and you're intolerant if you don't think this and if you don't go with, along with this. And it's easy to get swept up, but, but man, we just feel kind of tossed around. And so the, 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 you may be sitting there going, gosh, I, I, I want to feel anchored. And the way that we do that, the way that we, we get anchored, it says further along in verse 3, it says, He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Firmly planted. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> I don't know. When I listen to the news, it's just like, ah, I don't want to hear any more of this. I don't want to hear anybody's opinion about what should, what, what should the mom have done or the gorilla. What should the zookeeper have done? No, just I, I want to feel anchored, Right? I don't know if you feel that way sometimes, but, but scripture right here in Psalm 1 is very clear about how we can do that, and it's to be connected to a life-giving source. The reason that tree is firmly planted is because it's by streams of water. We have to be connected to a life-giving source, and that's God. We have to be connected to that source, and there are a lot of things that we can be connected to in our life. I, I think there are a lot of things that we, just by the way that our schedule looks, we're tethered to things that make us feel like we're just surviving, surviving the next day. And God didn't desire or didn't mean for us to do that. That's not his desire for us. His desire is for us to experience life and to experience abundantly. And if we're going to experience God's, God's goodness and the life that he has for us abundantly, then we have to be connected to that source, Right? We have to have that life-giving source. It has to be something that is giving us life, helping us grow, rather than sucking the life out of us. And so as we, as we think about a tree that's, that's firmly planted, um, I think of John 15, 4 through 6. If you want to turn there in your Bible, or I know it's there in your outline too. John 14, uh, 15, 4 says, Abide in me. And I in you, 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. I love this passage in the New Testament because this is, these are Jesus' words in John. And I love, again, love how Scripture works, and we see here in the New Testament as Jesus is speaking, it's an it's a assurance, an affirmation of the, the words that we see the, the writer in Psalms writing, right? That we have to be connected to that life-giving source. And this visual picture of the vine and Jesus saying, I am that vine, you are the branches, and unless you're connected to me, you will not bear fruit. And things might be going well in life. You're, you're, things might be going along well. You might have good things going. But it says very clearly here that you will not bear fruit in the way that God has intended for you to if you're not connected to him. This connection that, that it talks about in John is not just an attachment. You know, if, we, if you've ever seen, um, if you've ever been to a vineyard or even just looking at trees, right? It's not just something that's barely hanging on, right? It's, it's, it's a connection, and it's, that's the source that it has to grow. And uh, the, it's the, the life-giving source, and, and that connection here in, in our relationship with God is that relationship with God. That's the connection. It can't be like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm part of a life group. Oh, I love Gateway. They, they do a lot in the community. I go on Sundays. It has to be a connection. It has to be a relationship with him. And in that relationship, it, 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 it has to grow, right? In order to, to keep flourishing, it has to grow. In Jeremiah 17, 8, it says, Blessed is the man, there's that word again, blessed is the man, or happy is the one whose, whose path is straight. And it says that the blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. And when I was reading that, I, I thought, well, what's the difference? The person who, who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is is the Lord. If you think about something recently that you've navigated and you think about what your go-to was in that time, good or bad, hard, easy, when something has come up in life, what, who is it that you trust in? What is it that you go to? What, are, what is the source that you have? I think a lot of us have those things in our life, those go-tos. Sometimes for, for some, it's, it's an addiction, it's going through that thing over and over and over again, expecting something different to come out of it. Not life-giving. Not life-giving. Addiction to, to food, which hits a little close to home. Addiction to porn. Maybe it's your job that you're, you, you keep going back to to try and get fulfillment or, or contentment out of. Trying, trying to make that something that makes everything else in life work. Maybe it's a, a person. Maybe it's a spouse that you kind of expect to fill every single need that you have. We, we all have those things that we go to, those sources in our life. But here, Jeremiah is saying, blessed is the one whose trust is in the Lord. That in those times that come, instead of going to that default thing or person or whatever it is, going back to that place, their trust is in him and him alone. Not anyone else, not anything else, but first going to the Lord. And it's not just trusting in the Lord, but it's also that, he alone is the source in your life, the first one you go to, 
the first one that you walk with in that, in that season. If we have a relationship with him, do we take refuge in him or in other things? That's the question when we read this. It's kind of a, a book that you probably haven't visited, but in Nahum 1.7, it says that the Lord knows those who take refuge in him. And I think that the challenge there is just to say, does the, Lord, does the Lord know me because I keep coming back to him? Because my trust is in him? Does he know me? Do I, do, do I make him a refuge in my life? And can we say that, that our trust is in him alone? When I think about the, the tree that, that is firmly planted in Psalms, and I think about the, the, the life-giving source that it has by the stream of water, you think about, I don't know if you have trees in your yard. When, when I was little, we had a, a tree that we planted. My parents had just, um, we had just moved in. It was a new property, and, and we planted a little tree. And with every little thing that, uh, that came, whatever storm it was, my dad had to make sure it was always upright, right? Because the, the new tree was tiny, and the wind would come, and it would blow it from side to side, or whatever would happen. And recently, I was garage sailing, and I went by that house, and, and the tree now, it's, what, 30 years old. And so the tree is huge. It's got these, this huge trunk, these huge branches that are branching out. And when we think about a tree like that, um, that is bearing fruit, right, as John 15 would say, that has leaves, um, versus something, a, a branch that's laying on the ground dead with nothing on it, right? That, that contrast. Um, we, we think of the difference between those who walk with the Lord and those who have no regard for the things of God, right? It's a, a great picture. And for me, recently I've been thinking about yards, and, and we, when we moved in a couple months ago, Adam and I, we moved into a new house, and we've gotten to know our neighbors, Karen and Rick, behind us. Our, our, we have a share back fence, and um, we have gotten to know them because we are outside playing with Nora, but the reason that we have gotten to know them so well is that they are always outside in their yard. They're always working on their yard. And um, if you came to our backyard, you'd be able to tell a very stark difference between our yard, <laughs> nothing against Adam, but our yard, which has, you know, just a couple trees in it, nothing else. We, we do good to get the, the grass mowed. And Rick and Karen's yard, which is this flowering oasis, right? I mean, plants and trees and beautiful flowers everywhere. There's, along every fence, there is a flower or a plant that Karen and Rick are working on. And we've gotten to know them because they're out there. And the, the interesting thing when I was thinking about this passage and I was thinking about just seeing them every single day and sometimes night out there is that they take time to take care of what's in their yard. That's why it looks like that, right? They give time to it. And the second truth that we see in this, in this passage in Psalm is, is that we have to consistently cultivate the things that are, uh, that are in our life. We have to constantly, we have to constantly cultivate the, the growth that we're having in our relationship with God. In verse 2, it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And this is, this is Rick and Karen. They're in their yard all the time doing things, helping the plants grow, understanding what the plant needs. Does it need more water? Does it need less water? It's a consistent thing every single day, and it takes persistence. And the same is true about our relationship with God. We have to cultivate that growth. In verse 2, when it says his delight is in the law of the Lord, it means that he loves the law of the Lord. He loves the word of God. 
And if you read in your 2020 this week, it, it went through all of Psalm 119, and it's this amazing, I mean, if, you, if you've read it, just you get that the writer is in love with the words of God, is reliant and dependent on the words of God. And we, when we cultivate that growth in our life, when we are doing things that are going to help us grow, we're going to see the fruit from that. And in verse 3, it goes on to say that, that that tree that's firmly planted, it will yield fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. And I know our culture is, is one that, that really wants things to happen right now. It's microwave, and this is not the way of God. This is not the way of God. We have to cultivate and, and use um, the tools that we have in order to help our relationship with God grow every single day. So the question for you today is, what are you doing to cultivate and invest in your relationship with God? What is it? I brought, where is it? I brought the tool that I have to garden or, or use. This is the only tool I have in my garage to gardener. And, and so if you came to my yard, you would be able to see very quickly why I only have one tool, because I don't use it, right? Um, I'm sure that if you talk to Rick and Karen, that they would have just maybe a whole bag of tools that they use. And uh, in fact, when I was getting ready this morning, I, I looked out my window and there was Rick <laughs> snipping his bushes and taking care of them. Um, but what are the tools? What are the tools you use? Um, I, I don't think that Rick and Karen go out and buy new tools every, every year, every season that comes along. They have a basic set of tools that they use to keep things growing in their yard. And so what is it? For, for, as Dan mentioned, we have the 2020 here, right? That's one way that we can look at scripture every single day. If you want to dig a little bit deeper, you can take a passage or a book of the Bible and you can, can dig into it day after day after day. Keep asking questions about it. Understand what is God trying to say through this, this verse or this chapter or this book in the Bible. Digging in. Do it with a friend so that you can ask one another questions. What are you getting out of this? What is God speaking to you through this? Another tool that you can use is, is by um, serving using your gifts. There's plenty of opportunities here at Gateway, and, and maybe you've been in a, the same spot for a long time, and so maybe you're like, well, gosh, you know, I mean, I know how to, I know how to cultivate growth in my life. I know how to do that. But maybe you're in a, in a place where you're serving and using your gifts, and you've been there for years and years, and you need to move on and do something different, stepping out of your comfort zone. But when we step out of our comfort zone, when we use the things that God has given us, we're going to see growth in our life. We're going to see growth in our life. One of the other things that, that cultivates growth in our life, a tool that you can use, is um, figuring out, spending time with other people who are going in the same direction as you. That's a phrase that I remember Lacey Thurn sharing in a testimony a long time ago. She said when she uh, first gave her life to Christ, when she decided to follow Christ, that she had to not stop spending time with all of her friends, but find the people who were going in the same direction as she wanted to go in. And it was a different direction than before. So she had to, to start looking for, for people that she was going to spend time with that were going to help point her in the direction of God and the things of God. Not, not be caught up and walk with those who don't, don't care about the things of God, but to really spend intentional time with people who care about the things of God, who are going to point her to Scripture and help her navigate things in life. I don't know if who you think about when you think about a tree firmly planted. I don't know if there's somebody in your life or 
somebody here at Gateway, when I think of a tree firmly planted, I think of Joe Maloney, who loves scripture. If you talk to him, scripture comes out of his mouth. And that doesn't just happen overnight. It's not a microwave thing. It's something that he speaks because he spent time in God's word. He's lived it. As things have come up in his life, his, his tree is not waving back and forth in the storm. It's, it's firmly planted with deep roots. And it's deep roots because he spends time in God's word. And he spends time walking with people who are going in the same direction as him. And here's the deal. His life hasn't always been easy. But when you talk to him, you know that he's firmly planted because he does not move when tough times come. You can see in the way that he loves his wife. You can see the way that he leads full life. He's always following what God's asking him to do. When I think of a a tree firmly planted, I think of Logan Sterling, who um, desires to, to know who God is and to lead out with that knowledge. She wants to know scripture. She wants to help others learn what scripture is all about. And when things come along, she goes to scripture to find out what it says. And she's one of our, she's one of our TPX leaders, and, and we should be glad about that. She's firmly planted. She's firmly planted. And so I, I don't know who that is for you, but, but one of the things that helps cultivate our growth, one of those tools, is spending time with other people. So Maybe it's that you find somebody who's really firmly planted and has those deep roots in the Lord, and you go and spend time with them. You ask them about their prayer life. You ask them about what God's teaching them, and you learn from them. Or maybe it's that you want to help somebody else gain some roots and grow those roots deep down. And so you spend time with them, going through Scripture together. I think sometimes people are scared by the word mentor but really what it is is people meeting together and talking about Scripture and about how life that comes at you, what does Scripture say about it? Who is God in the midst of that thing? So that is one of the things. And, and, and you know, recently I had somebody that I had asked to be a mentor for Mercy Ministry, and um, they were terrified. They're like, I don't think I know. I'm not sure if I know what to say. I don't know what to do. And I just said to them, listen, you know how to walk with the Lord. And so as you meet with that person, go do that together. Do that together. And that, even though it's terrifying and scary, God shapes us in the midst of that as we take that step of obedience. So we we cultivate that growth by using those tools to help us bear fruit. And and it's clear in Scripture here where it says, man, how will we know if we're growing? We'll know that if if our leaf is not withering in different seasons. If, If... We are bearing fruit. John 15 says very clearly, bearing fruit. If you see fruit in your life, you know that you're growing and you've got to stay connected to that life-giving source. One of the things that Rick and Karen does, one day I was in my kitchen and I saw a flash of orange go across my window and I, I, a couple days later, saw the same thing and you kind of have seen them do this every now and then. She's like, don't mind us. We're just chasing, we're chasing rabbits out of our yard. They're eating plants. They're eating some of our plants. And it got me thinking, I was like, man, you know, it would be really easy for Rick and Karen to go, because they do it a lot, <laughs> and it would be really easy to go, hey, I, you know what, I, I'm, I'm done. Like, they're just, they're going to overtake my yard. I just can't run out every single time they come into my yard. But as I was thinking about how to cultivate um, growth in our lives is keeping out the things that are eating away at what God is doing. And it, it, I felt like God was asking or saying to me in that moment of, are you willing to chase out the sin in your life that's eating away at the growth and the things that I'm trying to do? Um, 
Rick and Karen, day after day after day, are persistent in chasing the rabbits away from the things that they've cultivated in their yard. And so what, what is it? What is that sin for you? Um, I've had to wrestle with that this week as God has brought that to my mind of going, okay, what is it for me that I need to get rid of and I need to be persistent about saying that sin cannot remain in my life? And I think we, we sometimes find ourselves in a yard full of eaten up plants and bushes and we are missing out on what God is doing in our life because we are too lazy or we're too busy or we get just kind of okay with mediocrity, with sin, just hanging out around us. And God says, you're, you're going to miss out on what I have for you. You're going to miss out on that fruit if you don't take time to cultivate the growth and to chase away the sin that comes day after day after day. Just because you've been walking with the Lord for a long time doesn't mean that sin isn't tempting anymore. We have to be persistent in that. In Psalm 119, when you read that this week, um, verse 104 and 105, it says, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. And the more that you spend time in scripture and the more that you understand what it looks like for you to bear fruit, when you get to a season that's hard, you know what it looks like to be off. And so that is such a digging into scripture and understanding um, what it says and what God is asking of you is, is so important to know when I'm off center, I gotta get back. I've got to get back, and I've got to prune the things in my life so I can get back to where he wants me to be. <clears throat> the last thing today is this. The, the end result will be more than you can imagine. This is the, the third thing that I, I gathered from this chapter in Psalms. The end result is more than you can imagine. The passage here in verse 4, it says, The wicked are not so. Okay, so the writer spent a lot of time giving us a picture of what it looks like when we're walking with the Lord and what that picture is and what it looks like to, to bear fruit. But here it says, the wicked are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away. And if you're, you, you may understand very clearly what chaff is. That's one of those words that you kind of see in scripture sometimes. But um, I think they have a picture of the process of separating the seed from the rest of the stuff that's, need, that's not needed. And so you see there at the bottom kind of the process of throwing it all out. And then up, up there, I think in the, the person's hands, you see the seed on one side and the, the chaff or the useless part in another. And for me, that was a really, a really good picture of um, what this truth in Scripture says. It says, it goes on to say, they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Chaff is useless. It doesn't have purpose. And if you think back again to that tree that you have seen grow up and it has deep roots and it's strong and it provides shade, it has purpose, right? It's bearing fruit. It provides shade for others. It's beautiful. And chaff very quickly blows away with the slightest breeze. It's not attached to anything. It doesn't have a purpose. It's just blown away. And scripture is very clear. In this passage, it talks about it in Matthew 25. It says it in John 15 that we already read. It's very clear that there will be a time when God does the same kind of separating. And it's not going to be, um, hey, did you have a good life? Were things just good? Did you, did you do good things? Were you nice to people? It's, did you have a life-connecting source with my son? Were you connected when you're connected to God, there's purpose, there's lasting purpose. And with chaff, as it said, it gets blown away. And so let's think today about where we're at with that. 
Are you living a life connected to God? Are you living a life that is bearing fruit? Are you, are you living a life that has purpose? Or is it just something that's going to be blown away? One of the stories in scripture that I love that kind of demonstrates this idea of, of, of um, purpose and God being with us is in, jo- is, is in Genesis 39. It's the story of Joseph. And we don't obviously have time to go there. It's, it, but read that chapter. Read that chapter. Um, his life had a lot of adversity to it. But throughout his life and the ups and downs, one of the things that you'll notice when you read that chapter is it says, God was with Joseph. And in another part of that chapter, it says, God was with Joseph and whatever he did succeeded. Whether he was sold into slavery or whether he um, faced a famine, he was tempted by an official's wife. Whatever season he found himself in, it said the Lord was with him. But happy is the man who keeps his path straight, right? And we see that in Joseph's life in Genesis 39, about keeping his path straight and, and calling on the Lord. And his life um, was, was bigger than himself. In Genesis, when, when he's going through all these different trials, it was, it was good that God was with him, but also people began to see God in him. And that's the thing about bearing fruit. When we're connected to that life-giving source and we bear fruit, others see God in us. And in Isaiah 61, um, in verse 3, at the end, it says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This whole life thing is not just temporary It's not just for here. When we have a relationship with God, it is bigger than us, and we have opportunities to be a part of things that are bigger than us. We have an opportunity, as it says in Isaiah, to be an oak of righteousness, somebody that has has walked with the Lord for a long time. And if you've been in this place where you're like, gosh, I I, I either don't have a relationship with God, I've never committed my life to him, or, man, I've gotten off course, it's not too late. God redeems all things. But we, when we do decide to follow Christ, we're responsible to, to cultivate that growth and to become that oak of righteousness so that we can display his splendor as Isaiah talks about. And so today, my, my challenge to you as we look at um, the end of, of Psalm 1, verse 6, it says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is just kind of that last verse that separates, again, those two pictures that we have. And my question and challenge to you today is, what picture is yours? What picture is yours? Are you um, a tree that is firmly planted with deep roots? Are you, are you connected to God? Do you have a relationship with God? And, and maybe you, you have been walking with God for a long time, and you just are at a place where your leaves are kind of wilting, and you need to figure out what it is that you need to do to cultivate that growth in your life. Whatever it is, get off the fence about it. Get off the fence and, and, and go and do. If God's calling you to cultivate growth by, by serving somewhere, go talk to somebody today about how you can do that if that's at Gateway. Do something about it tomorrow. If it's getting sin out of your life, do something about it today. Deal with it with the Lord so that you can see the amazing things that he can do in and through you that are bigger than yourself. My prayer this, for, for you guys this week is that you sit with with. with some of this in Psalm 1, and you reflect on what it is that God's asking of you. What are the tools that you need to to cultivate that growth? 
and to bear fruit in a way that displays who he is in your life. Let's pray, and then I think the band is going to come up for some worship. Father, we pray um, just asking that you would be very real to us today as we reflect on Psalm 1 and this picture that the writer has given us very clearly of what it looks like when we are with you and connected to you and have a relationship with you and when we choose to go along with the current of other things and other people. God, I pray that you'd be specific in our lives and if there are things in our life that need to to go away, that we would do something about them, that we wouldn't be lazy or busy and not deal with them. God, I pray that as we dig into scripture that you would um, just continue to grow those things up in us, that we would see those truths come alive in our life. Continue, God, to guide and direct as we learn to trust in you and to make you our trust in all things that come our way. We love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen.